Proverbs chapter 17 tonight. Proverbs chapter 17. We are in the seventh verse. And uh, jumping right back in where we left off a few weeks ago. We've had some very special things in recent weeks. and We thank the Lord for that. And I'm excited to be back here in the book of wisdom tonight. And grab your pen and get ready to circle some things and write a few things down. And we're going to be very practical again tonight. And I hope that you'll uh, tune right in. Proverbs 17 and verse number 7. And we'll begin there. Father, bless now. Please, I need your wisdom to communicate thy wisdom. I need your help and power to communicate effectively, Lord, your, your truth. And may it build our lives and make us more of what you'd have us to be. That we would be fit for your use, Lord. And our lives could matter and make a difference in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs, of course, if you're new to this study, is is the book of wisdom. And it's written especially to young people. And uh, particularly it was given from a father to his uh, son who was uh, 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 bound to become a, a leader. And uh, much wisdom is in this book. And uh, the Bible says, get wisdom. That's a command. And with all that getting, get understanding. And wisdom is the ability to see life the way God sees it. It's knowing what to do, and it's doing it. Amen. It doesn't just happen here. It's action. It's follow through. And, uh, and so this is the book of wisdom. Let's look at verse number 7 and some very practical things tonight. The Bible says, excellent speech becometh not a fool. The word becometh is like you would say, oh, that outfit is uh, very becoming or that hairdo is becoming. Uh, some of you are thinking, yeah, my hairdo is becoming something. I don't know what it's becoming. But, sorry. Uh, but it means, uh, it means uh, uh, it, it, to make attractive, uh, uh, well suited, if you will. Uh, that, that looks good. Oh, hey, that, that, uh, that outfit looks good on you. That's what we would say, perhaps. In the Bible, word is the word becoming. The Bible said our behavior ought to be as such as becometh the gospel. In other words, we ought to make the gospel look good. And, uh, and so here the Bible says, excellent speech becometh not a fool. So here's a fool. He he. he, he a fool, let me, let me differentiate between a fool and a simple man. A simple man doesn't know what he's supposed to do. A fool knows what he's supposed to do, he just don't want to do it. A fool knows he's going to do wrong and does wrong. Now, a simple man, there's nothing wrong with being simple. There's something wrong with staying simple. Sometimes you don't know, but you learn as you go. But a foolish man, he knows what he's supposed to do. He's just not going to do it. So here's a man, he knows what's right, he's not going to do right. And the Bible says he wants to use excellent speech. How many of you know that that doesn't match up? Excellent speech doesn't match up with a fool. Excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less, and in a similar, uh, do lying lips a prince. You know, it's a sad, listen, we're at a sad place in our nation where we just expect our leaders to lie to us. We're at, a, we're at a sad place. Uh, let, let, me, let me give you uh, a statement here for this verse. Lies make you look foolish. <laughs> Lies make you look foolish. First of all, there are few things that you can do to insult another person than to look at them and lie to them. It's an insult to their person. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a matter of treating someone with indignity. I have no respect for you. I don't care about you anymore. 
then I just tell you what I want. I want to tell you, and I don't care if it's true or not. Uh, it's disrespectful. Uh, it's foolish. But lies make you look foolish. You know. Let me say this again. I think I've said this, but ch little children listen to me, and teenagers listen to me. You know this is true. <laughs> you, you you pastored as I have a kids that just they just lie, and sometimes for no reason. And I, I know sometimes kids lie because they're trying to fit in or they want attention. I remember this one kid in youth group. I call, you probably never figure out who I'm talking about. If he had as many four-wheelers as he claimed to have, he would be like independently wealthy. But the truth is, he had a dad who wasn't even in his life. But once in a blue moon when he did see his dad, he, all, he had all this stuff. He lived with nothing. He had next to nothing. His grandmother was trying to raise him. Made him knocking on doors. But he made up stuff. He didn't need to. We loved him no matter what. Whether he got 15 four-wheelers or not. We love you. Amen. Kids, kids, listen to me. Don't you get caught up in that. You are, you are destroying your own credibility, and you look foolish. You look foolish. Don't do that. Listen, there is nothing. Listen, there is nothing to be ashamed. If you're poor, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Some of the finest people you'll ever meet in your life came from poverty. Amen? Now, let me tell you something. You can be poor and have tremendous character, and you can be filthy rich and be a fool. Now, I'd rather be somebody than have something. Amen? By the way, if you'll be what you ought to be, it won't be long you'll have something. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. But anyway, uh, 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 excellent speech. Let me, let me get three statements here, young people especially. Be genuine. When you speak, be genuine. Be genuine. Speak well. And this verse, by the way, is not, talk, is not speaking against speaking well. You ought to speak well. You ought to learn how to speak well. You should not talk like you have a mouthful of marbles. You should not try to fit in with some little sliver of society by your jargon or by your voice inflection, or by your body language. No, you are, a, how many of you saved tonight? Say amen. amen. You are a Christian. You are a child of God. Amen. Now, that doesn't make you better than anybody, but it ought to make you stand a little taller. Amen. You ought not look down at anybody. You shouldn't cower at anybody. You ought to look everybody in the eye. You're a child of God. You, 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 listen, you got a mansion. Did you know that you have a mansion? How many of you saved? Say again. I got a mansion just over the hilltop. Amen. Now, listen, I, we're not better than anybody, but we certainly don't coward anybody. But don't try to be something you're not by the way you talk. You know, it's the silliest thing in all the world. Is we will, we will listen. A man in an office will give, give a speech, and we'll, we'll listen for 30 minutes while people analyze his speech. He didn't even write it. The man had someone write his speech for him. Nine times out of ten or more. Don't you just like to hear somebody with just when they say just, I mean, just, just, just talk to me, you know. <laughs> Be genuine when you speak. Speak well, speak with excellence. But excellent speech pairs well with excellent character. Amen. Let your speech, and you, and by the way, you ought to. You kids, listen. Do you, you know what? You're, Listen. 
You young men, how many of you called to preach? Raise your young men called to preach. Raise your hand like that. Let me tell you something. Do you know what your most important class is? English, not Bible. Did you know that? Let me say it again. Your most important class is English, not Bible. You know why? Because you can't know your Bible if you don't know English. If you don't study the English language and study it well, then you won't be able to study your Bible and, 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 and break your Bible down. Now, now, make good grades in English. Amen? I thought all the English teachers would be running a lap right now, waving their hankies or something. Uh, be genuine. Be honest. Honest. Listen. If young people especially, listen to me carefully. Do you talk the same way in front of your parents that you talk to with when it's just you and your friends? Do you? If not, why not? Why not? And then here's the third thought. Be plain spoken. Be plain spoken. Don't try to sound smarter than you are. <laughs> Amen. Don't try to sound smarter than you are. Uh, uh, what did it say? The Gospel of Mark. I got. A, I got a message. Work on this. Why they? Why on the why of this mess of this thought? But in Mark, here's what it said. It said the common talking about Christ. The common people heard him gladly. Amen. Did you ever listen to somebody talk for a while? You think, man, that guy is so smart. I have no idea what he said, but he sure sounds smart. That you can't help nobody. Listen, if you communicate, listen. If you want to be, if you want to help people. And somebody walks away and says, wow, that person's really smart. You, that, doesn't help, that doesn't really help anybody. But if they walk away and say, wow, I got that. I got that. That is how we help people. Amen? Uh, be plain spoken. Look at verse number 8. A gift is as a precious stone in the eyes of him that hath it. Whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. Can, can you see? It's sort of like a person looking at a ring, uh, uh, looking at a ring, and uh, they've got a diamond ring, that, and you turn it this way, you turn it that way. It's just beautiful all the way around. All, uh, a gift, a gift is like that. It, it doesn't have to be something valuable. Anyway, any way you look at it, this is such a nice thing. This is such, this is such a wonderful thing. This which was done for me, this which was given to me. Now, here's a simple statement. Write this down. Let a gift be just a gift. Let a gift be just a gift. Do you know when a, when a gift is not beautiful? When you find out later there were some strings attached to it. Then it starts to lose its luster. A gift is without strings. No matter which way you turn it or look at it, it's beautiful. Amen? That's what a gift is. Look, Verse number 9. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love. You know, you see some themes as we go through the book of Proverbs. How many of you realize we've, we've been in this, we've been here before. You remember this? Remember a love, what a loving person does? He that covereth a transgression seeketh love. But he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. The word very means true or close. You, it, you, you could say best friends, you could say true friends, you could say close friends, and all those would be adequate synonyms in this particular case. He that covereth a transgression. Look at me. Did you ever cross a line you're not supposed to cross? Did you ever cross a line? That's what transgression means, to cross a line. You went too far. You went too far. And I, 
Maybe you were saying something. Maybe you were doing something. Maybe it was your response to something. Whatever it was, you crossed the line. All right? We've all done that. Is that right? We've all done that. The Bible says, he that covereth a transgression seeketh love. Now look at me. You take this and put it with the other verses that we read that are very similar to this. And you realize he's not talking about covering up sin. No. He's talking about a person who cares about another person and is interested in helping the person that crossed a line, that made a mistake, perhaps that sinned grievously, and because they love and care about that person, they don't want to broadcast that sin. There's a statement. Three words. Never broadcast sin. Never broadcast sin. He that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. Don't repeat it. Don't repeat it. The, the, you know, it used to be it used to be in the grocery store aisle on the magazine, you know. Baby born with seven hands. One was a dragon head. You know, the tabloids. We called them tabloids. Do you remember that? The National Enquirer or whatever. All these things. That's what it used to be. And, and but can I tell you something? Listen. Listen. The Bible says you don't repeat it. You don't repeat it. You don't repeat it. At the touch of a button, you can repeat a transgression. You say, but it's not gossip. It's true. Okay, we look at the verse with me again. He that covereth a, a transgression. Somebody crossed the line. This is a sin we're talking about. What? Look, look at what gives us the idea that we have a right to repeat it because it's true. It doesn't say a false accusation. Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. He's not called the false accuser. He's called the accuser of the brethren. <laughs> Don't repeat it. Don't repeat it. That's what the Bible says. Don't repeat it. So many people, they could have gone on and been, been fruitful and helpful in the Lord's word. I understand what the Bible says. I understand there's, there's qualifications in certain offices in the Bible. I understand all that. But, but, but here's, here's the thing about these little buttons we've got, these little clickers that we've got. Somebody, somebody can be restored 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 5 years ago, 10 years ago. And somebody gets a hold of, finds out somebody crossed the line, and now they feign themselves to be a vigilante for truth and concerned about the purity of whatever. And what do they do? They repeat the transgression. Now, let me tell you something. If you, listen, if you know of a transgression, you keep your mouth shut about it and you go to the ones that are involved. What the Bible says? The Bible said, if a man trespasses against you, you go to him alone. So much of dealing with something biblically, we, we, we tell a dozen people, say, pray for me, I'm going to go to so-and-so and confront them. You, you can't do it biblically. You've already blown it. Do you understand? Alone. One to one. That's Bible. You know, 
that, listen, next time somebody comes to you and says, you know, why don't you pray for so-and-so, and, uh, and I, I'm concerned about him, and start to say, hold on just a minute. Wait just a minute. Hold on a minute. What are you doing? I, I got their number right here. What are you doing? What are you calling them for? Well, you're just going to tell me something about them. I thought this should be a part of this conversation. Let me get them on. I'll put on speakerphone. No, no, no. Yeah. Galatians 6 1 said, Brethren, uh, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are what? Spiritual. Restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Our, our mindset ought to be restoration. And let me tell you something. It is, it is near impossible to restore someone once it hits the repeaters. If we started over right here, if we started right over here with Robert, and uh, Robert's, we all know Robert's a gossip. But anyway, we start over here with Robert, and he told a little juicy morsel about Andrew back there behind him. He told a little juicy morsel about Andrew, told his mother, mother told his dad, and dad came over and told Rob, Rob told Sharon. Sharon told Miss Carol, Carol told Stacy, told Olivia, told Miss Shook, told Reese, told Joseph, told RJ, told Brother Hamill, told me, I told Calvin, da 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 What started was he ate too many peanut butter crackers was he robbed the First National Bank of whatever. <laughs> is that not, is it not, not what happens? You know what destroys friendships is the repeaters. That's what this verse says. And somebody said, did you hear about so-and-so? No, I don't really want to either. Let's try that together, class, shall we? No, and I don't really want to either. I'm out loud here. Are you ready? No, and I don't really want to either. Oh, but it's true. No, and I don't really want to either. Amen? If you love, listen, restoration. If you Listen, if you're going to be someone who restores people, it takes love. And the Bible says love covereth. Love cover. Again, we're not talking about hiding sin, folks. We're not talking about that. We're talking about restoring. You can't restore a person. Listen, if you want to be restored first, you've got to face your sin, confess it, and forsake it. Amen? And restoration doesn't mean you get your name back. You get your whatever position and whatever else back. No, it means you get your fellowship with Christ restored. Amen? And then Christ will take care of the rest of that. Amen? And so... Don't, never broadcast sin. Never broadcast sin. Number 10. Verse number 10. A reproof entereth more into a wise man than an hundred stripes into a fool. A reproof. That's correction. You got in trouble. A, a reproof. Your correction. Your licks. Your demerits. Whatever. Your, your suspension. Entereth more into a wise man than an hundred stripes into fool. You want, you want this verse in a nutshell? Take your punishment. <laughs> Take your punishment. Take your punishment. Take correction. Take it. Own your mistakes. He said, well, I didn't deserve it. You did for something else. <laughs> Amen. By the way, parents, listen. I'm not justifying anybody mistreating my kids or mistreating your kids. But if we go squealing every time our kids get mistreated, we're teaching them that life is supposed to be fair and they're never supposed to be mistreated, and that is not life. 
Part of preparation for life is learning how to deal with injustices without becoming irate, without becoming, oh, I'm so mistreated, woe is me. I got news for you, dear friend. Guess what? Life is not fair. There, it's just not. Because we're all sinful people and we make, we make judgment calls every single day. Uh, on limited knowledge, and we, we misjudge situations. How I many of you ever had to, go, had to go back and eat crow? You misjudge someone, you misjudge the situation, and you had to go back and apologize later. Yeah, of course. You say, well, I think they were too harsh. Well, you got off easy the last time. <laughs> It'll all balance out. If you're a fool, the Bible says you cannot be corrected. That little phrase, in hundred stripes. What he's saying is this, that kind of person won't get it even if you try to beat it into them. Why? It's just what fools are. You, you can't correct them. You can't correct them. Uh, verse number 11. Verse number 11. An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Therefore a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Therefore a cruel messenger shall be sent against him you know listen if you've got people in your life that love you and care about you and 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 try to tell you and try to warn you and lovingly correct you you ought to say thank god i have people in my life that are willing to tell me the truth and speak the truth to me because the Bible says if you, if you can't learn, if, you, if, you, if you're bent on doing evil and you can't learn from the people that correct you, then there's a messenger coming and, and he'll get his message across. Uh, COPD is a cruel messenger. I'm saying everybody that has COPD has sinned to get it. But uh, COPD was a messenger for some people. My mama said, you shouldn't do that. You, don't, you shouldn't do that. Not everybody has a lung cancer sin, but lung cancer is a cruel messenger for many people. Yes, venereal disease is a cruel messenger. Give me the, let me give you the statement. Don't be the person who has to learn the hard way. Amen. Don't be the person who has to learn the hard way. Don't be the person who has to learn the hard way. Verse number 12. <clears throat> Let a bear robbed of her whelps meet a man rather than a fool in his folly. Now, let me tell you one thing you don't want to do. You don't want to get between a mama bear and her cubs. <laughs> you do not want to do that. Because if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? That's in the proverb somewhere, I'm sure. But anyway, you don't want to do that. And the Bible said you don't want to get between a fool and his folly. Now, here's a statement. Don't get mixed up with the fool. Don't get mixed up with the fool. Don't get mixed up with the fool. Listen. Let, 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 let me help you something. Do you know how you spot a fool? I, I like everybody listening to me. I like all the college students listening to me tonight. College students? A lot of college students go awry because they, they don't have enough wisdom and maturity to choose the right crowd to run with. How do you find a fool? Look for a little folly. Look 
for a little folly. See, you, you, you listen, listen to the pastor whoever, and your parents. You don't run with a fool. You're like, well, I know what a fool is. A fool, somebody does wicked things like this. How do you spot a fool? Look for a little folly. Amen? Look for a little folly. Look for a, uh, okay, look for a rule breaker. Ah, a little folly. Now, you listen to me. You don't want to get tangled up with fools. Amen? You be kind to fools. You be courteous to fools. You show respect and treat everybody with dignity, no matter how they live or what they do with their life. But you don't tangle with them. Amen? You don't, you don't chum around. You don't buddy-buddy with them. No. Don't get mixed up with them. By the way, Mom and Dad, let me say this. You and I ought to give more attention to the crowd our children are drawn to, listen to that statement, than we are for their personal safety. We ought to be more concerned with the crowd that our children are drawn to than we are for their personal safety. Listen, you wrap your kid in bubble wrap. And, and you can buy every helmet they got and every, every child thing they got in the house to keep that child safe. And then turn around and put a device in his hand. There's a billion fools at the click of a button. They even call them influencers now. That's what, that's what fools do. They influence. <laughs> and you just glance at it. Oh, that's something silly. If you don't know what it is, you sit down and figure out what it is. And you say, well, uh, well, it's just a bunch of silliness. Exactly. It's a little folly. Amen. Man, you, your kids need wisdom. They need to be around. They need to listen to wise people. Amen, Pastor. Verse number 13. Let's wind down here for, for let me look at two more here. Whoso rewardeth evil for good, evil shall not depart from his house. Whoso rewardeth evil for good, evil shall not depart from his house. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. There you go. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Don't, don't, don't listen, the people that have been good to you, the people that have loved you, the people that have taught you, don't mistreat the people that have been good to you. Amen. Yeah. Don't, don't reward evil for good. Otherwise, evil is going to come and, and, and take up residence at your house and move in. And uh, I think about Nabal. Nabal was, the Bible called him a churlish man, which means he was rude, rough, selfish. And, uh, and, and David, uh, David tried to negotiate with him. Said, listen, you know, uh, uh, we'll, we'll uh, give you protection. And David had men, had 600 mighty men. These guys were special forces. And Nabal had uh, food, flocks, things like that. He said, listen, we'll work out something. And Nabal was churlish. And Nabal cursed and swore. And Nabal, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know what? Uh, he, he, was, uh, he was an evil man. <laughs> he was an evil man. A relationship with David would have been highly advantageous for Nabal in his future. But he spoiled it, didn't he? I think about uh, David on another occasion uh, when David was uh, fleeing from Saul. He had an Ammonite king by the name of Naish who was kind to him and gave him uh, some uh, protection. And when, when David became king, he didn't forget that kindness and, uh, and he was good to Naish. And when Naish died, David sent a party to give his condolences 
to Naish's son, a man named Hunan, Hanan, excuse me, H-A-N-U-N. David sent a party, an ambassador, to this neighboring kingdom, and uh, and they they weren't they weren't alike. There's a lot of differences between them. But David remembered his friend, and he said, that "Man was good to me." And he passed, and he said, "I want to do something for his son." And he sent an ambassador over there, and that son had a bunch of smart aleck friends who read into David's mother, said He's trying to spy. He's trying to this and that, and they humiliated the men that David sent. Shaved half their beard off, cut their clothes off to the Bible says to their buttocks, and embarrassed them, sent them out like that. And uh, David found out about it, sent word. He said, "You guys go over to this city, wait for your beards to grow out again." And uh, David came against that man, and that man gathered an army. He went and got the Syrians and gathered an army. And David said, "I did not come here to fight you, sir." Uh, he wanted to fight, and David romped him. And when he romped him, he stopped. He could have gone and cleaned house, but he stopped. And he called Joab back, and Joab came back. But the Syrians that, that the Ammonites had hired, they regrouped, got a bunch more Syrians, and they came after him, and they, they tore him up, wiped him out, and, and, uh, and, and took over that part of the land. But, but don't, listen, young people, listen. Have enough, sense to re, have enough sense to know the people that are invested in you and love you and have treated you well and have taught you and told you the truth. Amen? And identify those people. And uh, you'll be good to them. One more. Look at verse number 14. We'll stop here. The beginning of strife is as when one letteth out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. Listen, if you've got a leak in the dam, you better get it plugged quickly. Because if that thing breaks loose and that, and that wall breaks, you're not stopping that water. Amen? So, uh, the beginning of strife is as when one letteth out water. Therefore, leave off contention. That's strife, fussing, and fighting. Leave off contention before it be meddled with. So here's two words for you. Ready? Avoid confrontation. Avoid confrontation. Now, if the fight's a worthy fight, don't run from a fight. But don't pick one. Don't pick at one. Don't start one. Uh, give some thoughts. Stay away from it. Stay away from it. Young people, listen to me. That right now, there is in our country, there are mobs of teenagers going up and down the streets of our cities. Many of our large cities have just about turned into war zones. People are fleeing them. They're leaving the major cities in our, our nation. Why? In, in Chicago and other cities, I'm talking about mobs of kids. I'm talking about children. Teenagers going up down the streets and destroying businesses, smashing the windows in, stealing stuff, going up, finding somebody, beating them up, leaving them laying on the sidewalk. Now, young people, you listen to me very carefully. You say, you say, well, I would never be a part of that mob. But here's what you'll do. You'll sit around in a circle, three or four other people, while somebody makes chopped liver out of one of your classmates, and you won't walk away. You're no better than them. The Bible said, get away from that. Don't take up that strife. Stay away from it. Stay out of it. If two people want to be foolish and get at it, stay out of that. Stay out of it. Leave it alone. Let me help you with something. Uh, if you've got family coming in, and, uh, or you're going to be with family, and you have some differences, uh, don't, don't argue with them. <laughs> don't argue with them. 
Amen? Don't fuss with them. Don't worry, you're right. I know you're right. Don't worry. But don't fuss with them, man. Don't make arguments you don't need to make. I, I think about Brother Beckham one time. I remember sitting, and there was, he was talking about his mother. He had an aged mother. She was, a, she was a Christian. She, was, she loved the Lord, but she was a, a whole different persuasion doctrinally. And I said, I said, how's that go? I met your mama. How's that go? He said, well, we just fellowship around Jesus. That's a simple statement. I thought, that's a good statement. Amen. We just fellowship around Jesus. I'm not going to go there when I know it's going to start something. I'm not going to go there. And by the way, by the way, I'm not going to be drawn into that either. Amen. Avoid confrontation. Stay away from it. Stay out of it. Leave it alone. Let it go. Amen. Uh, I told you this story, but I got to tell it one more time because of this. And I was right there at, uh, uh, at 206 East Beasley Street, going to the mailbox about 9, 9.30 on a Sunday night. I had done a bunch of letters, and I was putting them in the mailbox. Uh, and um, and uh, it had been raining, and this man, young man, uh, I don't know, 20, late 20s, walking down the road this way. It had been raining, and a pickup truck came from Underwood Street. And, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, he had come from Underwood Street, turned there on Beasley Street, and a truck came down Beasley Street here, and it had been raining, there was some water on the road, and evidently he splashed him with some water. And, and I'm at my mailbox, <laughs> and, uh, and the man started cursing and swearing the driver of the pickup truck. And splashed water on him. I guess he's going to mail Anyway, so I cursed and swearing, and, uh, and so I thought, that's foolish to myself, and then I saw the brake lights hit about, about right here, out here by the brake lights hit, right here on Beasley Street. I'm at the mailbox right over there. This man's walking down the street this way, and the brake lights, I thought, well, that's not good. Then, and then the backup lights come on. By this time, the pedestrian who was on that side of the street had come over now to this side of the street and is walking now down the street. Here's the pickup truck. Here's the pedestrian now over here. Truck's backing up. Now they're both swearing. Profanity's coming from the truck. Profanity's coming from the guy on the side of the road. I'm thinking. And I, I, the only light was a street light. There's no 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 the light. Only light is a street light. And the guy opens the door to pickup truck and gets out of the truck. And they're yelling at each other. And then the driver, I could just see their figures. Uh, the driver reached into his truck and came back out of his truck. And I heard, Ch-ch-ch. and I could see him holding a pistol to this pedestrian's head, screaming, You want some of this? You want some of this? I'm thinking. Seriously? A puddle of water. And I, I didn't think about what to do. I didn't I have no idea what to do. I was just thinking, this guy's getting ready to shoot this guy in the head right in front of the church. And I, at the top of my lungs, started, started as loud as I could. Amazing grace, how sweet us. I just started singing amazing grace as loud as I could. And this guy, looking down the street like that. Put the gun down. <laughs> guy got in his truck and left. Well, I can call the guy's name. I'm not going to. The guy that got the water splashing him, he comes storming down the road. Saw me there. This comes storming down. He goes, sure, sir, that's just sir, that. He said, I'm calling the police. That guy pulled a gun on me. I said, 
I said, you are a knucklehead. I said, you did that to yourself. What happened? You got water on you? And you start screaming at a guy and swearing at a guy because you got wet? Seriously? He said, I'll call the police. I said, please do. And I'll tell them everything that happened. Can I help you? Don't get drawn into the world's mess. Amen? Stay away from it. Stay out of it. Don't be a part of it. Amen? We're God's people. Let's stand together, shall we? <laughs> Lord, thank you for the book. Of-